You are listening to the QSR Web Podcast. Welcome back to the QSR Web Podcast, everybody, and thanks for listening. I'm your host for the next 20 minutes or so, QSR Web Editor Shelley Whitehead. And today we're going to take a peek behind the curtain, or maybe we should say inside the sandwich, at 48-year-old Togo's, thanks to the presence of our guest today, Togo's CEO, Glenn Lundy. So stay right where you are. We'll be back in just a second with Glenn. The Interactive Customer Experience Association's mission is to connect B2C brands to technology that elevates the customer experience. Brands have access to resources, project help, news, and insights based around boosting their customer experience. Suppliers gain network opportunities to reach these brands and help them provide solutions to elevate their customer experience. Join today at ICXA.org. Originally hatched in the San Jose of the early 1970s, sandwich player Togo's was something of a pioneer in the sandwich-based QSR chain movement. Over the years, though, the brand has morphed and grown to its current 200-plus location system that, as it turns out, is at something of a modern turning point since the brand is undergoing sweeping changes this year across its menu, store design, and branding undertaking what Togo's leaders call Togo's 3.0. Today, the leader at the top of this brand, CEO Glenn Lundy, is on board to detail us on all the top twists and turns Togo's has taken this year. And welcome, Glenn. So glad to have you here. Oh, well, thanks very much for having me, Shelly. I'm excited to talk with you. Well, it's going to be fun. So I I just want to start if maybe we can more or less set a level by having you give us a brand overview at this moment in time, including things like sales and the locations and where they are, and maybe even where Togo's is heading strategically in the next year or two. So Togo's, as you mentioned, started in 1971 uh, by a gentleman named Mike Kobler, who is still uh, alive and well. He sold the concept back in 1997 uh, to Ally Demet. Uh, as you mentioned, we've got a little over 200 stores. They're primarily in California, which is a Northern California-based company, but most of the stores are in California. We have stores in Arizona, Oregon, and Washington as well, but that the real core is in Northern California. But it's been a brand that has, has changed a lot over time, But but the last three years has really been a transformation set into place starting in 2017, where we realized, you know, things have changed a lot uh, and Togo's needed to, to evolve. We've always uh, prided ourselves in having the best sandwiches. Uh, so the first thing we did was continue to focus on that, introduce some new products, shore up some of the ingredients. We increased our portions. So that was another uh, tenant of really when Mike started the company that was about bigger portions, not just better ingredients. So we feel like we've got the best ingredients, the biggest portions, uh, and that's where it all starts is with the the food. And what's really changed uh, lately for everyone in the restaurant industry is the you, it has to be really fast and easy to access your brand and your products. Uh, customers aren't willing to sacrifice time to get the best things. 
So we want to make sure that we don't just have the best product, but we also make it the easiest to get. So things have evolved with online ordering, uh, our new mobile app, delivery through third parties, focus just on speed inside the store, simplifying procedures, recipes, making it easier for our people to, to make things quickly. So that's been a second focus, fast and easy. Uh, and then the third was the brand needed to reinvent and become more relevant and fun for the next generation of, of customers. It's, it's because it has a lot of longtime customers, including myself. I was a customer when I was in high school uh, of Togo's. And uh, so we wanted to really appeal to the new generation of folks and change the branding and the look and feel and the, the ads to make it fun but relevant to today's customers. So so you're primarily in the Northwest at this point, at this stage of the game, correct? Northern California. Yeah. And yes, okay. mostly the Northwest and then Oregon, Washington, correct. Okay. You're kind of positioning yourself for the future. And uh, it's interesting how you frame that, particularly as somebody who who was a Togo's customer in high school. And I don't know when that was. I'm sure that was probably only four or five years ago, right? But <laughs> if it was like 70s. me, yeah, if it was like me, it was in the 70s. So, uh, <laughs> and boy, was that a different time. So really, the restaurant industry has heard a lot about Togo's 3.0 from brand and store revamps to hot sandwiches and pretzel offerings and chicken but I wonder if you can tell us when y'all started discussing the massive changes first. I think you said three years ago. And what the reasoning was behind it all specifically. Uh, was it just that fast and easy? Was it, you know, tell me a little bit about that. Well, I got to Togo's in 2017 uh, at a time when things were, had slowed down. Uh, and I think the franchisees was is the, the first group. All of our stores are franchised except for six uh, that we own. Uh, so the franchisees are obviously the, the ultimate customer and client. Uh, and they were uh, wanted to do something different to continue to propel them forward as the, as the top uh, sandwich category in the category. So we talked about what, what things they thought. And I really went back to the roots. Again, I went and met the founder and talked about you know, what he did in the beginning. And that's how we started with the product first, uh, but really reconnecting and reinventing the brand and creating a culture. Uh, Cause I'm a big believer and it starts with the people in the stores, uh, your guests and your franchisees. Those are really the three filters that I use to think about what should we do to help our people, help our guests and help our owners. Uh, and that's why we kind of went food and ease and relevance were the three big things to focus on. And I would say the 3.0 is the culmination. A lot of people talk about the store of the future, and I call 3.0 the store of the now. Uh, and that we didn't call it 2.0. There, there was a conscious reason to call it 3.0, that we, we knew Togo's needed to make a giant leap ahead and not just a small step forward. So we really challenged ourselves to say this has to be a transformation. It's not a remodel. It's not new paint. Uh, we've really transformed uh, the concept uh, of Togo. So the, the original Togos, you walk up to a person, almost like a deli, and they make the whole sandwich for you. Uh, which at that time, when minimum wage wasn't a factor and labor wasn't a factor, that was okay and speed wasn't as important. Nowadays, you know, labor uh, is really important and speed's really important. 
So we've changed the entire operating model to now be what we call the speed line. So the entire team of employees makes a sandwich, not one individual making yours and the other person makes someone else's. So that one is created to make the job easier for the employees, faster to train them. They have a higher job uh, satisfaction because it's an easier job now than it used to be. And then the customers benefit because it's so much faster uh, that they get their food, but they usually order. And by the time they get their cup and their drink, their food is ready. So uh, the customers like that part and the owners like it because it helps to control labor costs. It's interesting because I imagine you almost have to um, develop teams that work together um, more than you have had in the past since they're working jointly to create a sandwich. Yeah. And that's, you know, and again, it's, it's almost like an assembly, right? Each person has part of the production. Um, So that's why it's easier to train them and get them up and being productive quicker. You can imagine if you're first day on the job, you have to learn and be able to make the entire menu. That's (laughs) a daunting task for, for a high school kid. So the fact, Oh, you just have to cut the bread and put the mayonnaise on. Oh, I could do that. Like in five minutes, I don't have to take, three weeks to get trained. Uh, so again, that's a win-win for the employees and for the franchisee. It's interesting. Um, you know, customers are really almost religious about their favorite sandwich combinations. And the QSR sandwich category can be a rough one as brands attempt to cater to all those preferences. But Togo seems to be headed on a decisive path forward with First, that addition of the chicken items, then the hot sandwiches and those delicious pretzel buns, all maybe headed for what seems like a higher-end, less deli-centric sandwich identity, or am I way off? I think you're exactly right. I think what we realized at Togo's, if you think about all the new sandwich players, there's one thing they have in common, and that's hot sandwiches. And really, Quiznos started that. Um, but everyone that's come in to replace Quiznos, whether it be Witch Witch or Potbelly or uh, uh, Firehouse, uh, they're very hot sandwich based. And we realize one thing, we're famous for our hot pastrami, but that's a hot meat. It's not what you would call a hot sandwich. So yeah. we really focused on two things. How can we bring this to our menu to create um, more options for our customers? Because we knew that people were looking for more hot options. Uh, and at the same time, to your point, how do we own and continue to lead in the highest quality sandwich category? So the the pretzel uh, was the first initiative we did uh, in 2018. Uh, and that was taking a premium uh, pretzel roll, one that uh, we found at Whole Foods, actually, how we ran it then and found out who the supplier was and said, that if it's good enough for Whole Foods, it's good enough for us. Let's use this pretzel. Uh, roll and have the best pretzel roll to go with our best pastrami and best turkey and things like that. So that was how the pretzel was born. And that was so successful with the pretzel Rami, which was a pretzel pastrami based. And this year we introduced a turkey uh, pretzel and a chicken Dijon pretzel. So it's become a line of products now that we have these pretzel things that other sandwich shops don't have. So it differentiated, but also in a quality uh, way. So then we introduced this year the hot sandwiches with a new oven. So we invested in a combination oven uh, that not only allowed us to do chicken, which we had never had chicken before. It was just on salads. We didn't have chicken sandwiches at all. That was another gap in the menu. Hot sandwiches with a gap and chicken was a gap. So 
also uh, introduced a line of three chicken products uh, this year, one that featured avocado, which we're famous for out, out here, uh, mm-hmm. a buffalo and a barbecue. So it also allowed us to offer up to customers. We sell our number three sandwiches, turkey and cheese but it's always served cold. Now customers, we can ask them, well, would you like it hot and melty instead? So operationally, it doesn't create a new product or a new recipe, but it gives the customer a different experience and all that's different operationally as they put in the oven for 30 seconds. So again, a win-win for operations that, wow, I can make a ham and cheese and a turkey and cheese and all these cold cheese sandwiches hot now, and that doesn't affect me, uh, my speed of service that much. but I give a whole different taste experience to the customer. That's pretty cool, you know. And and when you were talking about that pretzel bread, I thought it seems like there is a growing emphasis on, uh, you know, specialty breads, particularly when it comes to sandwiches. Is that is that part of, I mean, is that something you all looked into at all? Yeah, so we have had, we currently had four, uh, breads, white, wheat, sourdough, and Parmesan. Uh, and I do think that, look, in sandwiches, innovation, there's only so many proteins. Uh, and bread is the important carrier that delivers on flavor and visual appearance. Uh, and so you want to continue to look at that. And I am a big believer in, uh, you know, having some changes to seasonality. Should we have this thing that could be a seasonal bread? So we're looking at some of that as well, because we make the bread fresh every day. And so we can have a greater variety than others. Uh, so we think that bread's a, a big advantage that the people want more options when it comes to the bread choices. And pretzel was just, I thought it would be a, a limited time thing, but it was so successful. We're, we're keeping it year round now because people got really upset when we deleted it last year for a little <laughs> while. Uh, so now it's back permanently. <laughs> and they let you know when they're upset, don't they? <laughs> Yes, it's a good thing. So I'm, I'm <laughs> glad to bring it back. <laughs> um, uh, as far as um, your rebranding, how does rebranding, store redesign, and even this kind of new color palette, which is an incredibly complex process, um, if you've ever, which I'm sure everybody listening probably has some more stories from, but for how does that play into that image that you're trying to create and how does it play to your core customer base? Well, you're right. It really starts with besides the culture of your, your people. The second thing is your brand, right? Everything has to go through the brand filter. And we thought like the brand was a little static and again, not relevant as much as it used to be. And, and part of that's the look and feel. And then there's the tone and the voice of the brand that we needed to change uh, you know, it used to be Toga's was used a lot of green, uh, which we also thought was too similar to some other sandwich brands. So we wanted to differentiate and stand out more. And that's why the very bright orange uh, color. And we evolved again in a simple way, but Togo's Great Sandwiches is what it was called. And I thought that was too generic. We have a great agency, Silken and Partners, who uh, worked on the brand and we changed it to we still want to communicate quality. but have a little bit of uh, personality uh, with it. So we call it Togo's True to the Sandwich. So it it communicates quality, but with a little more personality than just a generic great sandwiches statement. So that was part of 
then creating a culture around that, that we, we get our employees and franchisees excited about, hey, we're the brand that's true to the sandwich. We give the best ingredients. We have the biggest portions. We're the ones that are true to the sandwich. So it becomes a rallying cry for the organization uh, and the people and something they can be proud of. Then we put a symbol to it. Uh, it's a sandwich, a flying sandwich with wings, kind of the, the holy sandwich, we call it. Uh, and the employees <laughs> like wearing that shirt with that logo because it's fun, uh, it's young, uh, and it communicates something different, uh, almost in a tattoo sort of artwork way. It's a line drawing uh, of a sandwich with wings, so uh, very relevant uh, to today. And, and again, a, a rallying point and a symbol of serving the best sandwiches. So that's where it started. Uh, then we created ads, some television ads and things for online. Uh, but again, we're young and fun. Uh, we want to be a fun brand. The ads featured sort of what you might call millennial things. We had a drone. We had a wormhole. We had a robot. Things that uh, seemed more relevant uh, to the younger folks in the spots. And they all were funny uh, and, and showed great food. So again, connecting with the new generation of customers was important uh, for the brands what started with that. So uh, it's, you know, almost when I was thinking about it, it's like, um, in, for, it sounds like for both you and I, the 70s was when we were the young people. Um, <laughs> and it's almost like <laughs> addressing, uh, moving that forward to today um, and speaking to them, maybe like the brand did from a different voice way back then um, through things that, as you're saying, like the drone and the wormhole, <laughs> the robot, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. And I, and I like the logo. Yeah. And I, yeah. It really speaks to that gener to those generations. So. No, it creates fun. Like you say, so I think you're, I think that is a good choice. It, it all leads up though, Glenn, uh, to growth, hopefully. Right. You know, um, yep. so, so what's the brand's growth strategy? Looking across the next, say, two or three years, and how's tech and delivery going to play a part in that? Well, growth is, uh, you know, it, it, it probably starts with the, the current 3.0 stores because the catalyst for growth is getting existing and new franchises excited about investing in your brand, right? So <clears throat> people were um, hesitant to invest in the, legacy style operating model and brand and look. So we needed to put together these 3.0 stores to show people how all of it came together. Because again, it's not a paint uh, job when you, you, you get the, to the store. Uh, so we've remodeled three existing stores. One was ours and two franchisees have already done theirs. Uh, and it, it has the speed line. It has ordering kiosks. So that's part of the technology. We want people to come into the store and we, again, uh, in a win-win, we used to have to have two cashiers taking orders in a store. Then we added the kiosk, and now we only have to have one cashier in the store. So a huge speed savings and, again, relevance for people that, hey, I just want to get on there and do this. I don't need to talk to anybody. Uh, there's certainly a lot of those people. We're doing about 30% to 40 of our orders in store or through the kiosk. Um, so that's been a, a huge benefit for speed, again. Uh, because the orders come in faster and better for labor because we don't we have one less cashier so we combined the kiosk the speed line some new equipment and then of course the whole look and feel of the store uh to be really light and bright and contemporary 
Uh, it's amazing. We, we open the stores. And I've been at the openings, and the first thing people that walk in are just like, wow. Like, it's such a change. Again, that goal of 3.0 and being a huge leap forward, um, not a little step. But we've certainly accomplished that. So now we have the actually the longest time franchisee, 40 years has been a franchisee. Uh, his store opened in 1979. Uh, Dan Pearson just started his full store remodel uh, and transformation two days ago. Uh, he said, well, I was going to retire, Glenn, but I got to do this store first as my legacy that I want to be a part of the, the future of Togo's, even though I won't be here for another 40 years. Uh, I want to be a part of it by, by doing this too. So he's, he's doing his remodel and then the head of operations for the former founder is doing his store as well, starts in a couple of weeks. So when you get those kind of people excited, you know, you're on the right track. Uh, and now we're getting new franchisees calling us saying we want to open one of those stores. So we're focused on still filling out California uh, and the Northwest because there's still a lot of room to grow here. We want to be able to keep it nearby so we can provide the proper support, training, et cetera, with our infrastructure because we're still a smaller company. Uh, I think it's hard. People say, well, why don't you come to Texas? And you're like, well, we don't have people to support you as well as if you built it closer to us. So I'm, I want to make sure we're providing the best service and support to franchisees. So that's why we want to grow nearby uh, initially and then continue to, to move east. Well, that's good to know that sometime in the future, you'll be making your way towards towards me here in Ohio. So um, I, I guess I've got to hang on for that. Um, Glenn, thank you so much for this nice peek into the future with Togo. It's an exciting time. I, I also thank you to our listeners for lending your ears this week. So hope the rest of your week is really great. And until next time, have a good one.